But I want to talk to you about the miracles and the stretch. Uh, everybody say the miracles and the stretch. Just say it one more time. The miracles and the stretch. Now, I want, to, I want you to come to uh, Mark 10 and, and uh, verse 46. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the story of the blind Bartimaeus. I'm not going to talk real long because we're going to, we're going to pray for a whole bunch of people. But it says here... It says, then they, came, then they came to Jericho, Mark 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho, and Jesus and the disciples who were together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting there by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and called him. So they called him to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, which is a really great question. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, followed Jesus along the road. He followed him along the road. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, Janine, uh, you have funny days, funny mornings, um, a life of an evangelist. I should write a, I should do a TV program on that, Strange Things, A Life of an Evangelist. Um, but I think Janine was away this morning uh, speaking at Hillsong London church and I was, uh, Pastor Phil had, Pringle had asked me to do uh, full services at an at a Oxford Falls campus and specifically uh, like healing services and there's a little bit of um, pressure, uh, you know, attributed to that because, you know, people come and they need a miracle and I totally get that and I'm into miracles believe God for miracles and I remember thinking to myself right Sunday morning we had it all planned out you know the kids were home and I was going to get up super early just to get in the presence of God and so I was up half past four praying believing God doing other sort of thing you know doing a bit of a you know prayer thing and and then um, my uh, five-year-old ting, 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 comes in hears me and he says you know dad I'm hungry and I go okay go back to bed too early and then uh so he wakes up my eight-year-old now they're both up there i'm putting you know i've got my prayer hat on but now i've got put my dad hat on i'm like you know so, so, so i'm cooking up some you know and they want pancakes and you know so i'm making pancakes and I'm trying to be a good dad and you know look after them and then you know burn pancakes so i've got to start again and do all this kind of stuff and so i'm um, you know i think you know i've, I've got to settle them down and and uh, so Jonathan's saying, well, Dad, can we play PlayStation? And I say, well, sure, Mum's not here. And uh, <coughs> so, you know, so we're playing PlayStation. And so I'm going back into the prayer room because I've got to put my prayer, miracles have got to happen. So I've got to put my prayer hat on and I'm praying. And now I, I hear them fighting because one of them wants to, be, wants to be Darth Maul and somebody else wants to be Darth Vader. And so they're fighting. So I've got to sort the fight out. And, and you now time's ticking on. I'm, I'm, got to get ready and you know get in the shower and we're doing all this kind of thing and then I'm you know got to get the kids ready and they don't want to wear that shirt they want to wear this shirt and they want to wear that because that's not cool enough 
eight, so call doesn't count. Uh, you're doing all, uh, you know, see, so we're trying to get everybody in the car. And then I thought, oh, you know, because I've got, a, I've got a wristband when Janine's not away, what would Janine do? And I thought, yeah, I've got a... <coughs> and uh, I thought, oh, I've got a, you haven't brushed your teeth. You've got to brush your teeth. And so like, I'm sending them up and I'm loading up the car. I said, go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. They come down, got toothpaste. All over their, like, Sunday shirts, you know, like, I'm thinking, how did, how did you do that? Like, not just a drop, like, the whole thing. And I'm sort of like, get up, you know, so now I'm, I'm flustered. I'm late for the prayer meeting, I'm red-faced, I'm changing shirts, I'm running out the door, and my temper is rising, but I'm doing miracles. I'm doing miracles in about a quarter of an hour. So... Um, <laughs> And now, and now, Sammy's there, and Jonathan is playing hide and seek. He's playing hide and seek, and he's good at it, like really, really, really good at it. So even though I'm calling out Jonathan, Johnny, Johnny, he's thinking he's hide and seek, so he's hiding, and he's not coming out. So that my 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 default mechanism is I begin to shout. Have you ever said, I'll never do what my father... Have you, ever, have you ever said, and all of a sudden, I can hear my father coming out. I'm going, I sound like my father. And I'm going, you better get your beep. You better look. I'm going, I'm about to... Miracles are happening a quarter of an hour. And I'm yelling at my children. Jonathan's coming in and shaking, he's scared. Like, what's happened? I'm getting that car. I've shut the door. I'm driving to church. And I think, I gotta, I gotta calm down. Miracles are happening in a quarter of an hour. So I think, what do I do? I've got to apologize. So I turned to my kids and said, hey, sorry for yelling, guys. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just a little bit flustered. And my eight year old chips up uh, and he says, Dad, you're way over the top. <laughs> My five-year-old, he, he thinks, what a good idea, I'll chip in. So then he says, Dad, you're totally inappropriate. <laughs> That's my five-year-old. So now I'm angry again. <laughs> now I'm angry again. Isn't life like that? Don't you feel like life so many times is like a juggle of hats? And you're putting this hat on, you got that hat, you got this thing, this bad thing's happened, this thing, you lose it now, and now oh, we've got to come back. I reckon that's a life that we all kind of lead. And you know what, whether you're a pastor or the mayor of the city, <laughs> we're all exactly the same. But this poor guy, blind Bartimaeus, you know, he was known as the son of Timaeus all of his life. And, you know, back in the day, it probably wasn't a bad thing to be known as the dad, your son's dad or something like that. But I don't know if I would always want to be known as my father's son. You know what I mean? I'm my own man now. But this guy had an identity crisis. Something was going on in his life. And you know what? This, this, this blind person uh, was just sitting by the roadside when all of a sudden there was a bit of a ruckus. There's a bit of something was happening and all of a sudden he heard that a person was about to walk by. Not just an ordinary person, but somebody that was being talked about, 
rumoured about, somebody that, that had the potential to shift his circumstances into a whole new place. I reckon blind Bartimaeus was down by the beggar's camp, warming his hands, and all of a sudden people started from night after night would be telling the story of how ten lepers had come and, 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 and was touched by this one person and how all of them was healed. And I reckon they were, they were down, in the, down in the beggar's camp talking about a young guy who, had, who was blind and, and this person called Jesus made little mud balls for eyeballs and stuck them in his eyes. They were all laughing because they're thinking, man, how crazy is that? He's just putting an infection in his eyes. And then Jesus had the audacity to say, how are you seeing now? And the young man says, well, I see trees. No wonder you've got mud in your eyes. And he goes, well, let's pray one more time. And all of a sudden, miracles. I reckon blind Bartimaeus sat by that campfire night after night Night after night, hearing stories and rumours about a God that could hear miracles. You know what? I reckon that's like us at church. Week after week, we hear about the stories. We hear about the possibilities. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you something. Your pastor was right, right on the money. He was telling the truth when he said, you know what? God had a divine appointment. Because I, I believe that God actually this morning is passing by. Passing by your world and your life and your atmosphere. And I reckon I'm pretty excited about this morning, to be honest. Because I believe somebody's going to have a miracle. And I wonder if that somebody's you. I wonder if something is going to shift in your life and you'll go, man, that was the day that something happened in my world. You know, I love this because blind Bartimaeus, of course, you know, he's, he's there and he's hearing the rumors but he's just the blind beggar. He wasn't a person of importance. He wasn't a person. He was no dignitary. He wasn't. There's, there's a parade happening. And you know what? Oftentimes we're not. We don't think that. Well, God, why would something happen to us? Because you know what? We know our failings. We know our faults. We know that it's just us. Often I, I find when I'm talking and praying for people, they, they don't even think that it could even happen for them. You hear it and say, I, can't, I never thought that would happen. They always say that. I never thought that would happen. I go, I know, I know it's amazing, isn't it? They go, I know, it's amazing. Because we never thought that God would ever use me. Because it's just, it's just me. But blind Bartimaeus, I don't know where he found it from. Maybe the pit of desperation. Maybe where it's like, this is my last throw, my last opportunity. But he began to shout. I love that. He began to shout and he started to cry out, God, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, I talk about having leukemia for five years of my life and, you know, and, and Janine having anorexia, bulimia, that, that torment in her mind for all those years, coming to a literal point of desperation saying, God, you need to help me. You need to shift something in my life. But you know what? Oftentimes... When I read that, I think, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I was never boisterous like blind Bartimaeus. I wasn't on any soapbox saying, Jesus, David, have mercy on me. It was more of an internal cry. It was more like when my pillow, when I, my head hit the pillow, it was like, God, son of David, 
if you're real, could you, could you help me? God, I remember night after night weeping on my pillow saying, God, can, can something shift in my life? Please, God, can something shift? Because I, I, I kind of think when, when we contextualize this, when we think about it, I, I, I don't know how many of you, but I don't, I, I, I've hardly seen anybody just in a service just shout out, Son of David, have mercy on me. But if I was to ask, who on the inside saying, God, I need something to shift? Maybe it's just not your health. Maybe it's the torment in your mind. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's something like that. You're saying, God, I need something to shift. I reckon a whole bunch of us would put up a hand and say, actually, there is an internal cry inside of me. What I, what I, what, what's amazing is the people around him, maybe even some of the disciples began to belittle him, say, hey, you know, quiet him down. The, the crowd tried to, to, to get, get rid of the problem, if, as it were. You know, he's too busy to fix you. He's, he, he's, he's a man of importance. You know, the crowd has got no regard for your well, well-being. You know, if I could say something today, uh, be selfish today. Cry out to God for your miracle. Put yourself in, in that place. Don't, don't listen to the crowd who, who, who say, you know, it's not your turn or, or, or you're not good enough or, or you're too broken. Uh, I love the story of Pastor Phil sharing about that young man who came to church broken and, and now standing in front of his beautiful bride and, and celebrating an amazing victory and how God did that amazing miracle in his life. I tell you right now, that was exactly me. That was exactly Janine. All of a sudden, we're just in a different place. I remember, I remember, um, you know, uh, and, I, and I love telling the story, when I was courting, courting Janine and we're in the supermarket and we began, you know, that romantic music started to kick in. And, uh, and so I grabbed Janine and we started dancing in the supermarket. And this was before Dancing with the Stars was happening. Uh, and, you know, in between the cabbages and the lettuces, here we were, like, slow dancing, you know, and all of a sudden 5, 10, 15 people start watching. Now, you don't know, Janine looks really pretty and sounds really nice, but she will scratch her eyes out, no doubt about it. Like, she is mean. And... Um, and and so I'm dancing with her, and she's getting feisty, you know, because she's saying, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm dancing with you. And she goes, well, you know, but there are people are looking. Now there's 30, 40, 50, 70-plus people all gathered around because they thought that we, like, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. And uh, they were celebrities or something like that were, were dancing. And Janine's red-faced, she's angry, she's ticked that I'm, you know, not letting her go. And she's, she says to me, she said, what are you doing to me? And I said, what are you, I'm dancing. You know, and she says, yeah, but look at the crowd. And I said, baby, what crowd? All I can see is you. <laughs> see? They love it, they love it, they love it. The girls, look, it worked, it worked, okay? It's a little tip. Janine put one on each finger, because she reckons no matter how I hold the microphone, people know that I'm married. See that? That's a true story, sure, because they're always looking, they're always looking, they're always trying. And uh, I'm going to put one on each finger. Now, now, the, the, now 
the, the, the truth is this. When, when you're in love with something, people's opinions matter, matters little. You are prepared to do silly things because the prize. You, you, you dance with people in supermarkets because you're, the moon's moonier, the sun's sunnier. When, when, when I first gave my life to Christ, I remember even being at Bible college, a 19-year-old, I used to, uh, I, I stole the chapel key and, and got my sleeping bag and I would sleep in the chapel at Bible college because I just wanted to be in the presence of God because I was so in love. When's the last time you got carried away in his presence? Because you were just in love with him. I, I love the worship this morning because I just felt like, man, we're just getting carried away in his presence. I, was, I said to Pastor Julie, why don't we just carry on? Because, I mean, how good is that? When's the last time we just like, oh, flick the word. Let's just hang out with Jesus for like, you know. When's the last time? I, I love blind Bartimaeus. Because you know what? He, he, he got carried away. He didn't listen to the crowd. He said, you know what, crowd, I could care less. Today, this morning, is my morning. Something is going to shift in my life. And I'm not going to listen to the words of the world. Today, I'm going to put my hand up and say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming in to a relationship with you. And I love that because, you know what, the Bible says that Jesus heard his cry. Oh man, I could, we could just go on all day on that little scripture. Because you know what? Jesus hears your cry. You know, I love the scripture that says his hand is not too short. His hand isn't too short to come and touch your life. His ear, he's not deaf. He's hearing your cry. But he's wanting a shout from us. He's wanting us to interact with him. And then he says to blind Bartimaeus, he says, he says, uh, he calls them. And then the, the crowd says, cheer, oh, cheer up, mate. He's calling you. And then Jesus asks him the question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm like, wow. What do you want me to do for you? Well, that's just the, that's the million dollar question. What do, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Is it to fix the marriage? Is it to heal your life? Are you, are you sick? Are you, what, what's, the, what's the miracle? And I, I think there's something powerful about articulating. and saying, God, what do you want? What do you want this thing to do in my life? I want something to shift in my world. I want, he says, I want to see. You know, I was at, um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, an event and, um, at the Dream Center and... and you know, the night before, I was speaking, two and a half thousand people. Janine rings me up, says, what message are you doing? I tell her, she's, she says, don't do that. Uh, do, do, do this healing one. And I said, oh, no, I've got to do this other one. She says, no, don't do it. So I'm scared of her, so I, I, I was obedient. And, um, and, you know, it was going really good. Like, over 200 people gave their lives to Christ. 280 people gave their lives to Christ. And... And we had a healing time and over 500 people responded on the healing altar call, completely jammed out. And I'm the only person praying for people and time's ticking on, so nobody other pastors are doing it. 
And, and people were getting healed on the stage like straight away. Bam, 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 bam. And everybody testifying, saying, I've got healed of this, healed of that, healed of that. And I was so excited. You know when there's like a, uh, you know when you build a house and you look at the house and there's like a pride? Because it's like, that's just a good job. Or you've done something and it's like a godly pride. You know, like that. It's not a bad pride. And right then I was feeling good about myself. I was going, Thanks, this is a good meeting. Who knows that one whisper from God can completely stuff that up. But all of a sudden I'm here and uh, I'm standing there just like this. And God says to me, there's a blind man to your right. And I should have call him up and pray for him. I was thinking, no. No, I said, God, in my mind, I said, God, it's so good. Why would you stuff it up with a blind person? Because I've prayed for blind people before. Let me just be honest. And it hasn't worked so good. And so, you know, we've had like a little bit, but you know, like, and I thought this is televised on TV. I'd already had makeup on and lipstick and, you know, that the toilet brush thing. Um, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't. And I'm standing there. I hear voices in my head. Like, no, for real. I know you think I'm crazy, but it's going to get worse. Because I can hear the devil say, if you do this, it's not going to work. Just like last time, it's not going to work. It's not gonna, don't do it. It's going to embarrass you. And uh, they'll, probably, they'll never ask you back. Probably all the other pastors, the, you know. And um, I can hear Janine in my head saying, on your, on your business card, Andrew, is healing evangelist. Get down there immediately and pray for him. Don't be a wuss. And uh, I go, how does Janine get in my head? I don't know. And then I can hear uh, my pastor telling you, Andy Kabbalah, get down there right now, man of God. Pray for him. God's anointed you to do this. And uh... then there's another guy. Yeah, g'day. Andy Kabbalah, one of the greatest healing evangelists of all time. Why don't you get down there and pray for him? God's going to raise him up. You know, the best is yet to come. And you know, the truth is, the Bible says that when you're about to do something good or bad, there's a cloud of witnesses cheering you on, saying, have a go, you monk. Have a go. I thought to myself, literally thought to myself, well, if Janine's telling me to do it, Pastor Brian's telling me to do it, my senior pastor is telling me to do it. Who thanks God for great pastors? That when, when you're stuck, you can think, what would they do? That's literally the thought. I thought, what would Pastor Phil do? And I knew exactly, as soon as I asked that question, I knew exactly what I should do. I should get down off my, my fear. I should get down off my anxiety. I should get down off the flippant demonic attack. And I should get down and start praying for this young man. And I looked down. I literally looked down. And I saw a guy with a white stick and a dog. And I thought, that's the blind guy for sure. I'm pretty sure. That's the, I reckon that's him. That's a true story. I walked down. said, hey, man. What can I pray for? Jesus asked him. It's always the right thing to ask. Never assume. 
And he says, oh, I'm blind. I'd quite like to see. I said, great. Great. We're going to pray. Who knows there's two prayers you pray? It's like an out loud prayer. It's like, God, touch him. Thank you, Jesus. But if you don't know what to say, you always say, and by your stripes we're healed. You just throw that in. It sounds awesome. Just by your stripes you're healed. But then it's like an internal prayer. It goes like this. God! Please turn up. I'm on TV. It would really, really help if it, if it worked today. Please. Please. Hurry up. I've got 500 more people to... Pr- God, thank you. Power of God. Yeah. How are you feeling? He's bawling his eyes out. He lifts up his glasses. He says, I can see. I said, great, great. <laughs> so, like, I'm praying for people, like, tick, tick, along here. Praying. Because half of me doesn't even believe him. That's how, like, that's where my mind's at. Half of me, so I'm about halfway down the line praying for other people. And there's a big thump on my back, got spun around. It's a blind man standing in front of me. He goes, he says, and he grabs my ear, which is annoying. And, uh, and he says, Pastor, you don't understand. He said, I was born blind. But he said, I, I see your face, I see your clothes, I see everything. You know, uh, Matthew Barnett uh, was at doing a conference with Pastor Phil in New Zealand. I was there, and my senior, other senior pastor, Paul DeYong, was there, former senior pastor, and Dean Rush. And Matthew Barnett gets up and he says, Hey, Andrew, first thing he said, Andrew Kabbalah, he said, because of that story, our whole church turned into a revival. And he says, every service, we now pray for the sick. And he said, he's like the pin-up poster of our whole church, of what this amazing miracle has taken place. And um, it's like, it's like what, it's a few months on now. So how amazing is that? And you know what? I want to tell you, I love what blind Bartimaeus did. Because I'm telling you, the miracle is always in the stretch. And he said to him, he said, listen, I want you to come. I want you to come. Now, you've got to understand, we forget that blind Bartimaeus is blind. We forget there's a large crowd all around him. And he's just, he, he's blind. He's, he's standing there, a beggar. He, he, he isn't a dignitary. He isn't a per- he's a broken man crying out to God, saying, God, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what? He threw away his cloak. And, you know, I haven't got all time to say about that, but his cloak was something special because the, the, the cloak was an official begging cloak. The cloak that was given to him was like getting the dole. It was like it made him... The beggar was like, this was, this was the thing that allowed him to receive an income. But you know what? He threw away his past to, to take a step into his future. He, he said, you know what? I'm going to let the smelly old thing that's been holding me into this place, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to take an enormous stretch for him and he says, I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to believe God today. And you know what? When he took off his cloak and left it behind and he stretched forward, that's when the miracle happened. Because God said, your faith has healed you. Your faith 
has made you whole, because you stretched, because you took a step towards me. You know, the Bible says, uh, all the way through, he's, he's not the lightning bolt God we think he is. Because, you know, we think that we're going to just sit in our church and just uh, and wait for God to do something like that. It's not. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. He's waiting for us to open the door. He's waiting for us to take the step. He's waiting for us to lift up a hand. He's waiting for us to make the cry, to make the advance towards him and say, God, I want something to happen in my life. I love this whole thing, but you know what? I'm reading this and I wonder if blind Bartimaeus, and I wonder if the keyboardist could come and join me, but I wonder if blind Bartimaeus, you know, he received his sight. A miracle happened for him. An amazing opportunity happened for him. Awesome things. And I have received miracles. Janine has received miracles. But I wondered one day when he was going to the temple, and all of a sudden, he saw his cloak again. I reckon one day, he may have seen his cloak just sitting there. Maybe somebody hung it up. You know what the temptation is to put on your past again? Because maybe he just looked at it and said, you know, it's comfortable. Felt comfortable. Had a familiar smell. (laughs) You know, the devil always tries to do that. He always tries to whisper to you. Weren't they the good times? (laughs) Don't put your past back on your past is gone, let it go. And I reckon that's, that's a word for somebody today. You received a miracle. God set you free. You became a Christian. But you slipped your past on again. God says, you know what? There's a miracle in the house for you. Something's going to shift in your life. I said to Pastor Phil, I said, you know what? I do want to pray for people for miracles today. There are people here desperately need a miracle for healing for that but I was on TV, I was on not TV I was on uh, secular radio in New Zealand just recently because um, we're doing believe tours which is uh, citywide evangelistic tours in New Zealand and the, um, it was a, a live TV program and the man said to me he said um, what are, what are three things that can stop people from receiving a miracle? Well, how, do, how do people receive a miracle? And I said, the number, I said, oh, the number one thing is that they're not in a relationship with God. And even as I said that on the radio, I said, but God can, God can heal people, even if they're not in church, not church people, all the way through the Bible. God, but as I talk to people who, who are way ahead of me in this field and are doing a lot longer than me, when I talk to them about that, um, they would agree with me that that would be it. That would be what, the number one thing. The second would be that sin is active in your life. Uh, I'm not talking about you, you know you saw last week. I'm talking about when you know that there's something that's separating you from God. And the third thing would be um, your speech, because your words locate you. The Bible says it's the power of life and death in the tongue. And I said, that would be the three things that would hinder people from receiving a miracle. Regardless of the miracle, that would be the top th- three things. He said to me, he said, um, 
how many how many people get healed in your services? I said, what do you mean? He said, how many people who are like like dying? I said, well, I said it's hard to put a figure on it. Um, but I said, let me ask you this. I said, um, somebody was terminal, like dying. And I said, if we prayed for a hundred people and one got healed, I said, how how would that be? He said, that would be outrageous. That would be amazing. He said, that would be phenomenal. I said, well, what about one out of 500? He said, if you got one out of 500 healed, he said, still, that would be on TV all around the world. He said, that would be incredible. I said, what about one out of 1,000? I said, one out of 1,000, like really dying, terminal, patient, all the stats, doctors, reports, everything. He said, he said, that would still be pretty good. He said, it would be good for that one, wouldn't it? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, let me, let me tell you this. There are churches all over the world that are doing much, much better than that. I said, there are churches all around the world that miracles are happening all the time. And, and he said, well, this is, this is on secular radio right across New Zealand. He said, well, sir, he said, he said, sir, he said, whatever you do, just keep on doing what you're doing. And he said, where, where are you, where's your next meeting? And then he gave this huge plug. He said, I want you to go. If you need a miracle, come and, and be, and, and, you know, be involved with it. So why, why go to that? Why do I go to that? Because before we do anything else, I want you to get your heart right with him. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, you know what? It's true. I know about God but I actually don't have a relationship with him. Or maybe you're saying, Andrew, I, I once have, but I've put my past on again. I, I didn't mean to do it, but it, it just felt feels comfortable. You know, can I just say this as well? Like, God's not here angry. He's not an angry God. He, he, he's a God of grace. No matter what happened last night, last week, on the way to on, on the fight that that happened on the way to church, he, he he's saying, "I want to have a relationship with you." That's why while you've got breath, there's grace. There's one day of judgment, and that's when you meet him when you die. There's one day of judgment. So while you've got breath, we can come to God and say, "God, let's get this thing fixed." I was with Janine. Me and Janine were at church. I can feel the power of God here, I'm telling you. And Janine and me were at church, and Janine, uh, Phil was speaking, Pastor Phil, and he gave the salvation altar call. And uh, I was praying, we're all praying. Janine puts her hand up. I thought, oh my. Oh, that's good. About time, about time she got saved. 13 years of being married to her. It was quirky. It was odd. It was odd. It felt, it felt odd. And there's only like three other people as well. A church of, you know, 2,000 people. And Janine's standing there. Like Phil's going, hey, yeah, Janine, how you doing? It's great. Yeah. And I'm going, you know, and she's crying, you know, like snot and everything. You know, the whole waterworks is really happening. I'm going, this is odd. And Julie McConaughey, he's like one of our saints at church, comes, gives Janine a little back scratch and a hug and, so, you know, 
Afterwards, Julie and Janine are praying together, and my kids come into service and they're talking, hey, how you doing? And I'm trying to look after them. Oh, what's wrong with mum? I go, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and so now we're in the car, you know, like driving home, and Janine's still a bit weepy, and J- John's yelling out, Mum, what's wrong? What's wrong? I go, shh, you know, she's fine, she's fine. And uh, so I put the kids to bed and make Janine a cup of tea. Slow. Is it all right to approach the throne? You know, like, like how are we doing? Are we okay to talk yet? I said to Janine, I said, Janine, I said, what, what, what was that? What happened? She said, you know what, I, I bowed my head as I do every altar call. And I said, God, let there be one. She said, when I cried out to God, she said, God spoke to me. And she said, he said to me, Janine, lift your hand. And I said, but God, I, I don't feel like I'm in gross sin. Or, and God says, yeah, but you do many things for me, but you, you've lost that first love. Lift your hand. And Janine said, you know what? It was only pride that would stop me. And she said, but who am I? If God bid me come, I come. So she said, you know what? I just lifted my hand. And uh, she said, I walked down the front. And she said, I don't know what has happened to me, but something has shifted. Something shifted. And all I want to say to you today is we have made the altar call something it never should be because if we knew how good it was we 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 would run to the front we'd like say god i i i want this i need something i i've been away from you or god god i've never but today something has to shift inside my life and you know what there's a cry there's a cry that's got to come out of you and god's not going to make you do something he's knocking and you know he's knocking. So then it's like, well, what are we going to do? So what are we? before we pray for miracles, I want to pray that we'd get our life right with him. Because there are people here who need to do that. So why don't you just close your eyes and um, pray this prayer to yourself. Am I in relationship with God? It's an honest prayer. God will talk to you straight away. And as you're doing that, let me pray for you. God, I thank you for those people here for the first time saying Andrew, I need a miracle. I know about God, but I'm not in relationship with Him. Today, something has to shift inside my life. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, I've once known God, but I don't know what it is. I just seem to have slipped back into the old. But today, I need something to take place in my life. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, if I was to face death like you had to as a teenager I don't know where I'd be, I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell but there'd be a fear and uncertainty around that moment you said would you pray with me so I can have a relationship with God, walk in that relationship have an assurance of my salvation friend if that's you, you say Andrew just pray with me so I can get my life right with God so when you shoot up your hand just right now I'll see your hand up, I ask you to put it down thank you, thank you, who else is saying Andrew that's me saying Andrew something has to shift my life.